We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome inside yet another edition of a Pack-A-Day podcast. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I am your host today, and we will be discussing free agency. It is just a little bit over a week away, and we'll be discussing who the Packers should retain of who's on their roster right now, who we'd like to see retained, who we'd like to see them go after in free agency, and Talk a little bit about the backup quarterback position. Our godfather, Andy Herman, had mentioned something a little interesting about how the Packers could go about backup quarterback position. We'll discuss that as well. But right now, let's get into it. I'd like to introduce Paul and Maggie. They are joining me again. They're a great addition to the Pack-A-Day podcast team. Thank you guys for being here with me again. And so let's start with free agency. It's just over a week away, like I said. And, you know, the Packers have a lot of needs that they can be filling. Uh, It sounds like from a lot of reports that Gutekunst wants to be aggressive in free agency. Uh, There was even a report out that said that there are many that believe that Gutekunst is going to go all in on an edge rusher in free agency. Um, So lots to talk about there, but let's start with the Packers players that they have on their roster right now that are set to uh, be free agents. And, And Paul, we'll start with you. If there's one guy on this roster that's, that the Packers could bring back that would be a free agent, who would it be for you? Um, I actually just wrote about this 
yesterday, I believe, weeks go on quick, um, about free agents that I think should be brought back. And one of the under-the-radar ones, I would call it, would be Ibrahim Campbell at safety. Um, we brought him in last year. After, you know, Jermaine Whitehead was cut. Uh, Clinton Dix was traded. Injuries, poor play at the safety position. He was really just brought in for, for depth, but was thrown into the mix pretty quickly given, like I said, the injuries and everything that took place. But he really impressed me. Um, he's a physical player, really good tackler. In three games, he had 18 total tackles. 15 of them were solo. And he was drafted in 2015 by the Cleveland Browns. And, of course, their coach at that time was Mike Pettin. So he's really familiar with the um, defensive system that Pettin has in place. And he's going to be a cheap option. He's a restricted free agent. Packers were his fifth NFL team already in a short career, so I can't imagine he's going to get too many other offers that they'll have to match. So he's going to be inexpensive and a really good depth option for them. I'm not expecting him to be a starter, but coming off the bench and filling in, I think he'll, I think he'll do a tremendous job. All right, and Maggie, who would you bring back? Who would be the, at the top of your list for bringing back for the Packers? I wholeheartedly agree with Paul, uh, but because that's not fun, um, I guess <laughs> I will go with. Geronimo Allison, I know he's exclusive rights in free agency, but I was so high on him before the 2018 season started. I wrote a piece about him for the lounge about how he was my prediction for breakout player. I thought that he was going to move into that wide receiver two role pretty early on in the season, and he really was. Um, He had two touchdowns, 303 yards, averaging 15 yards per reception, before the unfortunate injury that uh, put him on season-ending injured reserve. Um, And I know that Packer fans are not necessarily convinced about who the wide receivers are on the roster currently. Um, I know you've got three young guys coming in, and with all the rumors that Randall Cobb likely is not coming back, I don't think it hurts to bring Geronimo back on a cheap contract and give Aaron Rodgers another veteran presence in the locker room uh, with a wide receiver that he really trusts. You know, and I, I really agree with that because, you know, it. I, I feel like, guys, that Geronimo Allison is was kind of a forgotten player, mostly due to his injury. But, I mean, if you think back to, you know, what he did up until his injury, I mean, he was almost kind of like – for lack of a better term, I mean, when when Adams was not open, which is, as we're seeing now, very rarely the case that he's not open, but he really seemed to be an impact player that Rodgers was looking for a lot in games in those, you know, first three, four games when he was healthy. And so, you know, I really think that if he can stay healthy, I think it seems to me that Aaron likes him enough that he can be a big part of the offense. And one of the things I feel that I've learned from Aaron Rodgers over the years is if he doesn't trust you as a wide receiver, your talent means nothing because he's not going to throw you the ball because if he can't trust that you're going to do exactly what he's thinking, he doesn't care. And so, you know, he may not be the glamorous player, but ultimately if Aaron Rodgers trusts him, that's all that really matters. So I I really agree with that. Now, one other player, Maggie, you brought this up. I'm just curious. I know he has been a player that, you know, Packer fans really want to see gone not necessarily because they don't like him, but Randall Cobb, we talked about how he more than likely won't be back. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it is is kind of a health issue and that he doesn't seem to be, 
you know, a, a dynamic playmaker. You know, he's not he's not tall. You know, he he's kind of a slot guy. You know, and it seems like. It, it, you know, it sounds like they're not going to bring him back, but is there any scenario, for, not necessarily for the Packers, but for you guys, if you were the GM, if you were making these decisions, is there any case that you would bring him back? And if so, it, I mean, does it have to be for the right price? I mean, what what would it almost need to be in order for you to bring him back to this team? For me, it all comes down to price. Um, I've he was tremendous while he was here. Unfortunately, he didn't live up to this new contract due to injuries. But looking at spot track where they track, you know, potential market value, he's projected at a two-year, almost $16 million deal. And just given what we've seen over the last few years, I just can't imagine spending that at all. Um, you know, if he was willing to come back for, you know, $2 million, maybe 3 If I was general manager, I'd consider it. But he's going to get a lot bigger offers on the market and I'm not going to blame him for wanting to leave. Yeah. And I, I tend to agree. I think that he still has value in the slot, especially like Paul said, if he comes back at the right price, Um, but I don't necessarily think that he's going to get that offer that he's looking for. And the intriguing part of all of this to me is that Packer fans are clamoring for Cole Beasley, who's 29 and Golden Tate, who's 30 and Randall Cobb is 28 and he's already got that familiarity with Rogers. So I definitely see how the argument could be made that he's a worthwhile wide receiver to bring back, especially given, like you were talking about, Nick, how Rodgers, you know, he won't throw you the ball if he doesn't trust you. And he's got a lot of trust in Randall Cobb. I just don't see the two sides being able to agree on a fair price. Yeah. And, and I, I would, I would tend to agree with that. Uh, You know, I, and you know, I, I, I love the guy, and I, I think for me at this point, it's more about I, I feel like we kind of know what Cobb brings to the table. It's You're not going to get anything new out of him, and I feel like for me, there's so many younger guys on the roster that I feel like have potential that could be greater than Cobb's. Not that they necessarily are guaranteed to turn out that way, but I I, I don't necessarily want to see someone like him where I know kind of what I'm going to get. I don't want to see him take up that roster spot and that depth chart spot that could maybe prevent some of these other guys from from really opening up into the offense. Um, All right, so let's move on to signing players. I know it's it's weird for us here in Packerland to actually think about being active in free agency. Uh, it's not something that we are really, you know, used to under the Ted Thompson regime. It was all about draft and develop. Gutekun seems to want to be very active in free agency. So I want to get two things. I, I want to start with this. Um Tight end has been an area of concern for the Packers. You know, Jimmy Graham got – he was signed last year. That was the big-name free agent that Gutekunst brought in. Didn't really live up to what every Packer fan kind of had hoped that he would live up to. Sounds like they're going to bring him back. And, you know, and but then the other thing is, is Jared Cook from Oakland, who spent a year in Green Bay – uh, he's also a free agent, and there are many people wondering if the Packers should bring Jared Cook back and be part of this offense again. You know, people saying, well, he played with Rodgers. He, he doesn't know the system because nobody knows the system at this point because it's a new coach. But, you know, he's got a little bit of rapport with Rodgers, and if he's got anything left in the tank, 
So, so Paul, is this is Jared Cook something the Packers should consider in free agency, or do you stick with Jimmy Graham? And then I know a lot of people love the tight ends coming in the draft. Do you stick with Jimmy Graham, maybe draft a tight end and develop that way, or do you go out and try to spend money on Jared Cook? Um, I think you do a bit of a combination of that. Jimmy Graham's due almost $13 million this season, and it, like you said, it sounds like they're going to be bringing him back for sure. And Jared Cook, he's estimated to make almost $7 million this year on the open market, so I don't see them bringing both in. I mean, that's $20 million in the tight end position. I do think that they should invest early in the draft within, you know, the 12th pick, I would prefer to go to an edge, but at 30 or 44, if they take, you know, or Smith Jr., he's still there. Or Noah Fant, if he's still there, um, I'd be happy with that. But I think they still have to dive into free agency because right now, Jimmy Graham's the only tight end under contract. Robert Tanyan's an exclusive rights free agent and will probably be back, but his skill set's still very raw. And I'm not going to trust him as that number two or three option yet. Don't tell so, Andy Herman that. He loves that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so if I was the Packers, I would stick with Graham, Tanyan, draft one early, and then go sign a veteran on a one-year deal, maybe two tops for a couple million. Um, some names that come to mind are Luke Stocker. He was with the Tennessee Titans. Um, he was rated the fifth-best pass protection tight end by Pro Football Focus and obviously knows the LeFleur offense. And then Max Williams of the Ravens, um, another really good blocking tight end, well-rounded run and pass blocking. So that's the kind of tight end I think they should bring in. Veteran, short-term, inexpensive, who can block. So you don't see a two-tight end system with Jimmy Graham and Jared Cook at all? I don't. I think it's too expensive. $20 million to the tight end positions a lot. All right. And Maggie, what do you think? Should they go after Cook? What do you see the Packers doing there? Paul and I agree on everything today, and it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I wholeheartedly agree. I would like to see the Packers address the tight end position maybe in the with the 44th pick in the second round. I think my preference would be to see them go edge O-line or maybe edge-edge even with the, the first round. But I also definitely agree that there needs to be a veteran in the lineup. And I broke down the tight end position for the lounge um, and I I definitely agree that I think Tanyan will be back. Um, I also like that he was training in the offseason with George Kittle. There, That is a great guy to learn behind. Um, so there, he definitely shows promise as maybe tight end number three. Um, but I don't see him being the guy behind Graham. And I also think if anything were to happen to Graham, I mean, the guy played with a broken thumb for part of the season. You're going to want a veteran in the locker room behind him. I'm not opposed to Mercedes Lewis coming back on a one or two year deal, given how well he knows Nathaniel Hackett, but I also am not convinced he wants to come back or that Green Bay would like to have him back after his uh, little media tour that he went on. Um, and I'll probably get flack for this, but I am a Richard Rogers fan and <laughs> I might be the only person on the planet that has a Richard Rogers Jersey. So my homerism is going. <laughs> But, I, didn't, I didn't know they made those jerseys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they don't. <laughs> I would not be opposed to someone like him coming back on probably the vet minimum. I feel like you could get him for he's familiar with Rogers. He's not a speed guy by any stretch of the imagination, but he had really reliable hands. And he, again, is familiar with Rogers. So if something were to happen to Graham, I wouldn't mind having a veteran in the locker room with Tanya and a high vet pick. Yeah, and you know, 
I, I, you know, I, I know Maggie, like you said, it's not fun to agree with everything, but I tend to agree with both of you. The one thing though, that I think is interesting and I keep coming back to this and I'm not saying this was the case with Jimmy Graham this past year, but I remember the, the year they brought in Jared Cook, the first, you know, he, he played the first couple of games and he didn't have that big of an impact and then he got hurt and then he came back. That was during the run the table season. He came back against Washington and played pretty well. And then from that point on, it seemed like he really started clicking in the offense a little bit more. And something that the Packers just haven't seemed to have had at tight end is it seems the last couple of years, it's just been a revolving door of tight ends. And so I know people like Jared Cook and, you know, they, they liked what he's done overall of the last three tight ends that they've brought in. But I'm wondering if now that Jimmy Graham has played an entire season with Aaron Rodgers, gets, you know, his first full complete off season with him, I wonder if he'll maybe be a little bit more effective in year two now that both Rodgers and Graham kind of know what to expect from each other. So I, I, I'm I'm more at this point, I'm more for just consistency um, at, at the position and not have a revolving door of, of players coming in and saying, oh, this player is going to make an impact. Because, you know, like you know with free agency, with the Jimmy Graham thing is, just because you signed Jared Cook and he seemed he played much better than than Jimmy Graham did last year doesn't mean that he comes in and plays well in Green Bay. So I, at this point, I'm just more for the stability aspect of it. So, all right. So now I want to jump into the most anticipated part, probably of free agency, which is I want to get your guys's feel for where you think the Packers should address. Uh, players in free agency specifically I know everybody it seems like is talking about Landon Collins you leaving New York I personally not saying I wouldn't mind him in Green Bay I would personally rather see you know Tyron Matthew or Earl Thomas be signed if they do address the safety position in free agency um, that's just me I it it, it it really at this point though their safety position is so bad that just as long as like it's almost like anybody would be an upgrade you have preferences but so it doesn't have to be the safety position but if there is one big name free agent that you could just guarantee that Green Bay would get, bring him in, offense, defensive side of the ball, whatever, who would it be and why? And Paul, we'll start with you. Wow, that's a great question. Got it as a tie for two of them, but I think I would have to go Earl Thomas. Um, my other option was Roger Saffold. Looks uh, like you and Maggie will be agreeing yet again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Roger Saffold would be my number two, but that safety position was just decimated. And Thomas is coming off the broken leg, but he's 29. I think he'll turn 30 this year. I still think he has two, three years of excellent play left in him. And we have a young secondary as a whole. So what a tremendous person for them to learn from. Bring some fire into the game on the practice field, in the film room. I mean, and like I said, he's still performing on the field. In four games last year, he had 22 tackles, five pass deflections, three interceptions. Just a great player to have over the deep middle and a fantastic tackler, which this Green Bay secondary desperately needs. Absolutely. And and Maggie, I mean, I I feel like you're going to pick Earl Thomas. Um, But, I, I mean, Maggie, so same question to you. If you could bring someone in guaranteed, who would it be? 
Yeah, I think my face gave it away uh, the second Paul started talking. <laughs> but I would totally be okay with Earl Thomas. I know that he wants to be the highest paid safety on the market. And he did say that he's not going to be giving Dallas the hometown discount. So he will be in play for the Packers. Um, I know there will be a lot of interest in him, even given his injury history. He is a game-changing player on defense. Like Paul was saying, the Packers desperately need help at the safety position. Haven't really had a lockdown playmaking safety since Nick Collins. Um, So Earl Thomas is a great option there, maybe on like a four-year contract. Another name that surprised me just hitting the market today is Eric Weddle. And we have to talk about Weddle. He's a little bit older, maybe only, I mean, four years older than Earl Thomas, but he's a nice option for as like a one or two year stopgap player. Maybe you take someone like Adderley with pick 30, you take your safety of the future and let them learn from a guy like Eric Weddle, who's still one of the best to do it for a couple of years on a, a smaller contract. If you don't get a guy like Earl Thomas, that maybe will net 12 to 14 million. I I could see Weddle going for half of that, maybe a little more, but it's a shorter term contract. Um, And either one of those guys to me has the ability to be that Charles Woodson kind of player that comes in and immediately makes an impact on that defensive side of the ball and provides some leadership for a really young secondary. So, well, you know, it's it's interesting that you that you mention him because I, you know, and I don't know if this is true. I, I've I've seen some tweets that say that you know it was, you know, that if he didn't stay, he would retire. So I don't know, you know, if he truly will be an option or not. I do like the idea, but I mean, I mean, I guess the stopgap. Do you do you really want to do that? I mean, I know he's more. He's he's actually a safety, unlike Tremont Williams. But I mean, so would it? I mean, do you want to really go back down that route of stopgap again, or at what point do you just kind of want to say, you know what, let's find players for the future? I mean, is that something that Green Bay considers at all? I mean, I think about stopgap kind of guys like Muhammad Wilkerson, where he was brought in to be a playmaker on the defense for a really short-term contract. I know he's a free agent again this year. Had the really unfortunate ankle injury, so he never really got to see what he looked like in a Mike Cotton defense. Um, and I, it's not ideal by any means to go with some type of stopgap player. And I, I did hear reports that maybe he would be retiring if he wasn't brought back. But I think any time that you can add extreme talent to your team for relatively cheap, you have to also consider that. And we don't know how the the safety market's going to shake out. Uh, price-wise, the Packers could maybe be priced out of a couple of the big names. So to me, for a guy like Weddle with his caliber play, one or two years to just kind of see what he brings to your defense while you have safeties on a rookie contract is not not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I want to ask you guys this because I, I haven't seen much of it, and, and I'm really curious to to see what you guys think as to why this is. So it seems like Packers Twitter is really it's it's down to three guys at the safety position. You know, it seems to be a lot of people really love Landon Collins, would love to bring him in. Uh, you know, Earl Thomas is out there. Boston is out there. And so, but the one guy I don't see any mention of is Tyron Matthew. And, and I want to kind of pick your guys' brains as to why nobody, I mean, 
as far as the Packers are concerned, as to why his name doesn't seem to be brought up as much as the others. And, uh, you know, because I know last year when he was a free agent, I thought he would, I thought he'd be great in the defense. He's a playmaker. You know, he's all over the field. He's very aggressive. Um, but, but I'm just curious as to why you guys think that he's not getting as much talk as, say, some of the other safeties. And, and Maggie, I'll start with you. Why do you think that he's not being brought up as much? I think part of it is maybe just the rumors that have circulated. In the past, he made comments about how he was not going to be playing in a cold weather environment. He didn't want to play for a cold weather team. He went from Arizona to Texas, which didn't help that rumor at all. Um, So that could be part of it. Packer fans not wanting to get invested in someone that likely doesn't want to be there, a be in Green Bay. But Charles Woodson also did not want to come to Green Bay, and it took him a little while to get acclimated. And once he did, he loved the community. He loved everything about wearing the green and gold. So it does surprise me a little bit that he's not being talked about as an option on the market. He's only 26 years old. He had three sacks and two interceptions in 2018. I don't think his year in Texas was as productive as a lot of people thought that it would be, but... For he won't be the highest paid safety on the market, and he would provide a great option for the Packers if they went that route. I personally think I would prefer him over Landon Collins. Yeah, I I, I know I would as well. Uh, Paul, wh- why do you think he's not getting as much as much traction amongst Packers Twitter? Um, I was going to bring up what Maggie had touched on about him mentioning that he didn't want to um, play in the cold weather, but also I think part of it too is he was a free agent last year. And Earl Thomas and Landon Collins are the new big names this year. So I do think that's part of it. This is his second year in the in free agency. But as far as being a part of the team, I think Mike Pettin would absolutely love him because of his versatility. He can line up in the slot like a cornerback. He's really good at blitzing. Maybe he had mentioned three sacks. Can also play the linebacker on the short to intermediate routes. Um, and I really think that Mike Pettin would love to have that type of player. Yeah, and that's actually that's the biggest reason why I like him is because I feel like he's such a versatile player on defense. But all right, well, so we've discussed you know free agency, what you guys would like to see. All right, one last thing, uh, I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, Andy Herman had put this out there, our Godfather. Um, so it sounds like from everything that we're seeing that the Cardinals are going to be drafting Kyler Murray with the number one pick in the draft, which means that they are going to likely be moving on from Josh Rosen. And he had brought up the idea of potentially trading for him as a backup, obviously, given that the price is, is correct. Obviously you're not going to, you know, give up, you know, a first round pick for him more than likely if you're the Packers. But I was really thinking about it that, you know, he was a first round pick last year and many thought was the, you know, second, if not the first best quarterback in the draft last year. And there are many people that think that he would be a first round pick yet again this year if you put him back into the draft. And so my thought is ultimately, you know, you don't like you don't want a Josh Rosen just because like like you want Aaron Rodgers to be healthy, right? Like the backup quarterback in pos- position in Green Bay is the position you hope never has to see the field. But ultimately, we all know how it went when Brett Hundley had to 
you know, be the quarterback and it was a disaster. So my thought is, is if you can give up a third round pick and even Deshaun Kaiser, because at this point he hasn't been here long enough and he hasn't shown enough that like, oh, you'd really want to keep him. Not that he's a bust, but not that he's going to be the second coming either. Ultimately, I was thinking if you get better at the position and you trade a third-round pick for a guy that's considered a first-round talent, why would you not do that? So is is Rosen something that Green Bay should consider doing if the price is right? I mean, Paul, would, would you trade for Josh Rosen if, if the price was correct? Yep, I actually I voted on Andy's poll, and I voted yes to that trade for a third-rounder into Sean Kaiser. Uh, as you mentioned, Rodgers hasn't been healthy the last two years and we've seen the backup quarterback play and there's no guarantee that moving forward as you know as he enters his age 34 five six seasons that he's gonna stay healthy and also it's just a great opportunity to have someone learn behind him and develop because you do have to plan ahead as well and as you said he's a first round talent he may have been the best quarterback in the draft his he was not surrounded with the correct personnel to be successful in Arizona. You can't look at what he did last year and judge the kid off of that. Uh, so if you can trade a third rounder and get a first round talent in return, I'd, I think it's a good idea. Maggie, would you trade for him? I'm greedy. And I really like that the Packers have 10 draft picks this season. And I think that they need to utilize all of those picks as effectively as possible to turn this roster around quick. But I, I also am on board with giving up Kaiser and a third rounder for Josh Rosen. He has the relationship with Rogers already from um, getting ready for the draft. Um, Josh Rosen beat the Packers at Lambeau field. So clearly he's comfortable there, Um, (laughs) but I, I don't have a problem with it. And like you said, he's one of those people that you hope would never have to see the field. And then, it becomes a conversation maybe three years, four years down the road when it's time to either give him that extension or let him test the market. But he also, learning behind Rodgers for quite a few years, would be excellent trade bait. So, and if, you, and if you look at this year's draft class, if the first, second, third best quarterback was available in the third round and the Packers took him, would people be upset in that scenario? I would think not. So that's how... I've I've looked at it right, and you know I and I know Andy pointed this out as well, uh, and not just Andy. So many Packer fans have pointed out that Green Bay's history over the last several years of third round picks has not been stellar, um, and that's not to say that this year's third round pick is going to be awful. But uh, you know I, I I would have a ultimately I look at it like this: if you feel like you're upgrading at the position, if you feel like you've gotten better at that particular position, I don't see why you wouldn't. And ultimately, it gives you, you know, three years to be able to do one of two things. Either say, all right, he's going to be the successor to Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, you hope that it works out. And if it does, you only gave up a third-round pick for him, which is great. Or if you don't think he's going to be the successor because Aaron wants to play till he's 50 and he's playing at a high level, all you have to be able to do is – make sure that when you go back that you can at least trade him again for a third round pick and then it's a wash and if you can get a first or a second for him you know you've you've done better in that sense so you know that's that's kind of how I'm looking at it but ultimately I feel if you're getting better at, at the position I'd be willing to do it and while I think Kaiser 
is has been better than Hunley. Like I'm not sold on him that he would be, you know, a, a legitimate even backup quarterback. So uh, that's that's just the way I'm looking at. It. I, I don't know if you guys agree with that. Am I crazy? I think part of it too is the fact that the Cardinals traded up last year to make sure that that's they the got other, that's the other thing I don't understand as to why they want to draft Murray. I know that's not why we're here to talk, that's not what we're talking about, but <laughs> like I just don't get it. It blows my mind. You trade up for him and now you want another quarterback. But continue. Yeah. No, I mean that's what I was going to say. They traded up quite a few picks to make sure that they got quote unquote their guy and then they got rid of the head coach, brought in a brand new head coach. Maybe it's all smoke and mirrors. I don't get the sense that that's what it is at this point. I think that Kingsbury wants his guy, and, you know, that could either be a colossal failure or a colossal success. But considering how highly touted Rosen was coming into the draft last year, I think it's worth a gamble. All right. Well, guys, we are out of time for the day here. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Now, before we wrap up, though, Paul, uh, if people want to follow your work, how can they do that? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel, B-R-E-T-L. Uh, you can find all my work at Dairyland Express, where we cover Packers, Brewers, Bucks, and Badgers. All right. And Maggie, if people want to follow your work, how can they do that? I'm on Twitter at Maggie Lawler, L-A-W-L-E-R, and I write for the Lombardi Lounge at Lombardi underscore Lounge. All right, awesome. And as always, you guys can follow me at SportsMitty on Twitter. And, you know, let us know on Twitter who your free agent pick would be. If Green Bay could bring any one free agent in, who would it be? Let us know on Twitter. Make sure you're following the Pack-A-Day podcast on Twitter and subscribing on your favorite podcast platforms. Like I said, that's all the time we have for today. Make sure to stay up to date. Keep an eye out for free agency just a week away. And uh, hopefully Green Bay will once again be making some type of splash in free agency. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. And as always, Go Pack Go! Sunday night football in the start of a historic season for the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers in the shotgun, here's the snap, rushes on, Rodgers nowhere to go, and he's snowed under. Back inside the 30, and Rodgers is down. Roy Robertson, Harris, Khalil Mack, and Rodgers unable to get up. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Down at 19 from the Green Bay 30, snap to Kaiser under pressure, immediately dumps it up right side, it's intercepted. Intercepted by Khalil Mack. Circle route to the 15, to the 10. He's to the 5, to the end zone. Touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Khalil Mack's had a sack, fumble recovery, interception return for a touchdown. Nine fourteen to go in the third. Chicago 20, Green Bay nothing. Wayne, I actually see Aaron on the sideline throwing. Well, that's a good sign. Yep, he is. Of the shotgun, snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, throws it over the middle. Randall Cobb is there. Makes a spinning grab just outside the left hash mark. J.K. Scott, Mason Crosby. Here's the snap. Placement made. Kick is up. And it is good. So the Packers on the board with 3.37 to go in the third. Snap to A-Rod looking around and waiting. Lawson deep down the right side. Allison in the end zone. Makes a play.
Corey Lindsley on the snap. Four-man line for the Bears. They're coming on a blitz up the middle. They pick it up. Rodgers looks. Lost. Left side. Got a man out there. To Rodgers under a blitz. Rodgers tight pocket steps up, throws a left, got Devontae inside the 10, head fake, cuts left to the 5, reaches, pylon, and touchdown! Oh, what a play by Devontae Adams! Snap to A-Rod, rushes on, has time, looking, throws middle, yes. got him there! you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.